When I got offered my corporate executive job in New York City, I wanted to negotiate the salary they offered me, but I was hemming and hawing. It made me really uncomfortable, but I knew I had to do it. I doubted whether they'd give it to me, but I knew it was worth asking. This is a huge company, and I'm lucky to get the offer, I told my brother one night when we were talking about it on the phone. And then he said something I'll never forget. And don't say no for them. By not asking the question, I was essentially saying no for them. And that sounded like a pretty stupid thing to do. <laughs> then he asked me, what will be the worst thing that will happen if you ask? I thought about it. Of course, my brain went to, they'll rescind the offer. But then I immediately knew that wasn't true. They wanted me. They offered me the job. The worst thing that could happen is they'd say no. Then I'd take the original offer or not, and we'd never talk about it again. But at least I didn't say no for them. It happened again when I first started my speaking business. I was applying to speak at conventions and conferences that I thought were way out of my league because of the big names they had on their stage. I would be looking at the website and then I'd think, oh, there's no way they'll accept me. And then my brother's voice would ring in my head. Don't say no for them. Worst thing happens, they say no. But they can't say yes if you don't ask. So I'd apply. And they'd say no. <laughs> but sometimes and more and more these days, thank goodness, they say yes. And it happened again yesterday. I was noodling around the internet looking for random adult learning classes that my boyfriend and I could take, not adult, but like learning classes that my boyfriend and I could take together. We're taking a cooking class in January and I was looking for something like glass blowing or pottery or, you know, theater appreciation or something for February. Welding, maybe. Um, steps towards this goal of us building different experiences together in 2020. So I came across a schedule of adult learning classes at the Interlochen Center for the Arts. Now, this is a world-renowned arts camp, high school, and performance center here in northern Michigan. Happens to be about 30 miles from where I live. It also happens to be the place I sang opera every day for the last three years of my high school career. Now, I know this place. I love this place. I respect the crap out of anybody that's associated with this place. I have also always held a few of the departments at a you know, a distance because I have not been able to relate to them. I was a musician and with opera, we did a little theater. So the actors were pretty relatable. I took some of the dance classes and worked stage management for some of the dance productions. And so while I was nowhere near a dancer, they were kind of relatable too. My mom's a visual artist. So those artists were pretty relatable, but the writers, I never was able to understand the writers, understand what they did. I just, I just didn't get it. And so I never sort of got to understand that art form. And writing has always been something that I haven't felt particularly successful at either. I got bad marks all through school on all my writing, probably because I didn't proofread it at all, but you know, whatever. Um, when my eighth grade English teacher still talks about how great my animal farm essay was, remember that book, Animal Farm? Um, she still uses it as an example for her students. And that's the one positive that anything that anybody has ever said about me about my writing in my entire life. And I cling to that accomplishment. And that was 33 years ago. It's the one thing. <laughs> I also had a writing class in college that I really enjoyed, um, and through my adulthood, I feel like I've been able to put together some interesting and fun stuff, but I'm not a writer. Fast forward to February 2015, four years ago now, five years ago now, oh, I was attending performances by an amazing storyteller and um, 
generally inspirational person when I lived in New York City, and he was offering a weekend writing workshop. And I signed up more to be around his creativity and energy, but also because I thought it would be fun, a different and harmless adventure. The first question he asked when all six of us sat down was, what are you writing? And I panicked in my brain. I was like, what do you mean, what am I writing? Tell me what to write. Give me prompts. Give me exercises. What am I writing? And I kind of freaked out. And then I remembered my idea to write a book. Now, this was before I started my speaking career. Um, in this book that I had conceived, each chapter was a story of one of my tattoos. Now, I've got 17 tattoos. Each is a souvenir from something in my life. So this starfish on my wrist is from the three morale-building tours I got to take to Iraq, Bahrain, um, Kuwait, Germany, England. So I got to go on these cool morale-building tours. The elephant here on my left wrist is from an elephant sanctuary that I worked in during one of my vacations. Chile, I have a little penguin named Chile on my back from when I ran the Antarctica Marathon. There are six bird silhouettes uh, that are flying up my back, uh, recover recovering from the emotionally abusive marriage. And the Iron Man logo, of course, from the two Iron Mans I did, and 12 other different tattoos. They've all got a different story. So I thought it would be fun to write a book with one story per chapter. And that's what I started writing at that workshop. And then three months later, I had 16 chapters written. Now, they were very, very rough, but I've worked on them more and more over the last five years since then. Periodically picked it up, worked on it, and then put it down again. So as of July 2019, which was, what, six months ago now, I went to a seminar on writing and publishing your tip book in 90 days. And I did that. So I cranked out Get Over It, my, my tip book that I have now. I have it, don't have it right here with me. <laughs> um, but I cranked that out in 90 days, 93 days to be exact. And that accomplishment has now lit this fire to get this tattoo book done, to start it and get it done again. So one of my 2020 goals is to get that sucker out of my computer and into your hands. But I want to get it right. I want them to be fun stories. They are. But I want them to be told in a compelling way so that people don't say, she's interesting, but she sucks at writing. I don't really want her to anybody to say that. I've toyed with paying somebody else to take the skeleton that I have, the 85,000 words that I have, and create it into a book. But that just never felt right. I need some direction, but I need to do it myself. So back to my web search yesterday, perusing the Internet, and I come across deep Revision Retreat at Interlaken. Whoa. This a whole week of guided writing and focused time to revise your work. This would be amazing, and it would be exactly what I need. But it's Interlaken, and it's writing at Interlaken, the distant mystery afar. And it's not like you just give them money and bam, you're in. I have to pay an application fee, submit a 10 to 15 page writing sample, and give two references. What the hell are they going to ask them? Like, I don't even know. And the likelihood that I would be accepted is very un, meaning very unlikely. <laughs> I'm not being down on myself here. There are probably legit, trained, professional writers who have studied way harder than I have to get better at their craft, who would be applying. So this is all the stuff I'm going through my head as I'm looking at this retreat going, oh my God, that would be really amazing, right? And then my brother's words rang in my head again. Don't say no for them. So I threw together the application, 
sample from the book, references, and my application fee, and I sent it on in. The worst they can do is say no. And that impacts me? Not really at all. I just go on as I had planned before I ever saw the retreat. Why are we so afraid of no? I recently saw a speaker, Jia Jang, who did an experiment. He realized that he was so afraid of rejection that it was really holding him back. So he spent 100 days seeking out rejection. He did stuff like asking a stranger if he could have $20 and asking, knocking on somebody's door in his like soccer gear and his soccer ball saying, hey, can I play soccer in your backyard? <laughs> it's amazing, funny stuff. He walked into a, a donut shop and asked if they could make him the Olympic rings out of donuts. And he sought this all out and he learned some really interesting things and he gained a lot of courage in the process, not being so afraid of rejection, not letting it hold him back. And now he is a sought after speaker on his, on his topic of rejection. Now you can go to rejectiontherapy.com and check it out. Fascinating stuff goes along with my speaking of embracing discomfort. If we want to do anything of substance in the world, we have to get uncomfortable. We have to face doubt and fear and the potential for rejection and failure. Yeah, it could go badly. They could say no. But don't forget, it could also go well. So don't say no for them in 2020. As you set your goals, don't say no for them. Go for it. Because they just might say yes.